What's up? Welcome to In Too Deep. I'm your host, Jack Rowland. Today, I'm joined by Dave Court. Dave is an Adelaide-based artist whose work spans across multiple mediums. His vibrant, bright-coloured works blur the boundaries between graphics art, sculpture, digital, and painting, ranging from small hangable works to large, all-encompassing, multi-sensory installations. Dave has also been incorporating the use of AI image-generating technology. His current exhibition, titled Learning Machine, is on show at Backwards Gallery Collingwood, opening night this Friday, 23rd of September. I'll see you there. Please welcome to the show, Dave Court. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. You don't apply. Bad luck. Well, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 well, how are you? Awesome, really good. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for coming out. Thanks uh, for having me on. Of, of course, man. Um, so yeah, we are here back back at Backwoods Gallery in Collingwood. You're over from Adelaide. Yes. And you've got a show this week. Yes. Nice yeah. one, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very excited. Sweet. Um, I was saying, uh, I think just before, I think I've met you before. Uh, when you were doing a mural at Big Picture Festival in Frankston, you did an epic big one above. It was kind of at the top of a car park, right? Yeah, it was on top of, I think it's like a games games arcade place now, but yeah, like a mm. rooftop elevator shaft kind of thing. And you had that animated? Side. Yeah, that was my first, the first time I did it actually, like an augmented reality mural kind mm. of thing. So it mm. was like a painting of some abstract 3D geometry shapes and then had the AR element be like trigger it and then it would be the an animated version of the mural kind of sit in front of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked awesome, man. Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah, so like I'm just trying to work out the best way to like describe your work for the, obviously everyone, please jump on. What's your Instagram? Uh, Dave.court. Dave.court on Instagram. Check it out. But it is like, I don't know, your color, your color palette is very vibrant. Uh, you've got a lot of kind of graphics elements, but I mean, these works that I'm looking at behind, uh, they're a mix of kind of, gr- yeah, really graphics, uh, abstracted imagery mixed with sculpture, mixed with like, you've also got some real gestural kind of painterly um, brushwork in there as well, as, as well as like geometric. Um, yeah, I mean, what's your work in your own words? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it there. It's Sweet. like, yeah, trying to, trying to balance a lot of these different elements. And I mm. feel like... Yeah, I think I, I try and cross a lot of different media and kind of do a lot of different things. And I feel like people tell me that there's a style that comes through and whether it's like a consistent color palette or something, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly trying to do the most different stuff from what I've done before. And I think that kind of approach comes out in a certain way sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, definitely like a balance of um yeah that hard edge abstraction and like gestural painterly stuff and then um yeah integrating new technologies and like all of these different aesthetics that different media layer onto the work Mm, yeah yeah sweet i was um really excited to chat with you uh for this show i mean first of all the show looks did i already say it It looks fucking awesome man like it's Uh, fully immersive we've got yeah like um 2D art, uh, 3D sculptural works, projection, sound piece that you've collaborated with another artist. Um, yeah, uh, fully immersive. Um, awesome, awesome stuff, dude. Like, yeah, thanks. yeah, really, really Just impressive. Going, body going work. all out. I thought I'd go big. Yep. Yeah. Always go. Yeah. Totally. Um, hey, before like 
we get right into the show. Like, what are these works over here? So I'm, I'm looking at these two works on the wall. They look like they're on kind of like a rotating um, belt almost uh, thing. Uh, what is, what's going on? What's so going on with that? these are two infinite scrolls, I'm mm -hmm. calling them. So it's like a basically a belt of canvas sewn into a loop. And then I've had an armature made that is, yeah, kind of two rollers and it holds it and they kind of continually move and scroll scroll upwards mm. um yeah i've done a different version of these before so this is number number three and four of this little idea that i've been exploring and i actually i have a really like a huge one was the first one that i did mm. but that became a bit impractical to be that like kind of 2.7 meters tall yeah. kind of scale yeah wow um but yeah just kind of like painting on canvas but trying to do it in a way that isn't a square hanging on the wall are you painting these while they're moving sometimes wow, um, cool. but mainly mainly not while they're moving yep, yep. um yeah because that would be crazy no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well difficult at least um yeah so i guess like uh your, your show's called learning machines yes and uh, i guess that is like a real obvious um uh, manifestation of like an actual kind of machine in there but um yeah true yeah yeah uh, can can you kind of um yeah i was i was saying just before i was really excited to, to talk to you because i i've been really wanted to chat with someone about the i don't know anyone using the kind of new revolutionary um artificial intelligence image generating technology like dali or um uh what's the other one mid journey mm. i think there's another one but um yeah, maybe you can just give us an overview of this show, uh, yeah. Learning Machines. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, the show is called Learning Machine and kind of I feel like that idea or like using that as a title manifests in a few different ways. But yeah, I guess the most obvious one is like the use of machine learning in different ways in the show. Um, like the main, the main bulk of it is this like collection of 10 paintings that I've made and they are... Um, kind of in pairs so the first one is a design like abstract design based on like gestural drawings that I've done in VR on the like Quest 2 headset ah, cool. drawing in 3D space and making these abstract abstract marks so it's kind of like a record of my movement and like hand, basically like handwriting like abstract handwriting um, kind of signature shapes Sick. And then the pairing of each of that is me feeding, uploading that image of the design of the painting into Dali and then creating variations. So the AI looks at the image that I upload and then it, try, it generates a series of images that it goes, I think this is what this is. So it creates different versions of whatever you feed into it. And then I've, um, yeah, maybe pick one of those images or maybe I generate more variations until I find something that is the most interesting to me and then use that to create the second pairing of the painting. So each of them are like a kind of a hand-drawn but still through digital media and then a AI machine learning generated reinterpretation of that painting. Wow. Sick. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So that's, yeah, the process for these ones. So you really don't really have any fear or apprehension to new technology coming out. You just kind of grab it and uh, work with it straight up, huh? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say no fear or apprehension. Yeah. I think there's fear and apprehension about everything. But sure. I think my approach to it is to just, yeah, like, yeah, grab it and learn it and play with it and, like, do it and use it to figure out how it works mm. and then through that process again like learn about it and like use this process for myself to learn about these new tools and 
machines and like the things that they can do and then kind of use that to form I guess an opinion or like to figure out mm. what it is and what it can do and what might might happen with it sick yeah. awesome so is the v has the vr thing been um something you've been playing with uh for quite a while to make this um these i guess squiggly kind of lines and three-dimensional forms that you've turned into paintings slash sculptures yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that yeah that's just another tool i got the quest 2 when it came out which mm. was what was that a couple years ago now okay um yeah and just been just just playing with it like again like it's pretty all of this kind of stuff I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of the tools and it's yeah. kind of like any individual thing it's like if you're if you are a specialist in this area I'm just doing the most basic stuff sure, sure, <laughs> but sure, I think sure. like just for me it's about getting an understanding and a handhold on like what this what the technology is capable of and then um, yeah just like using that at the most basic level for what it is suited to so mm. using the media as the aesthetic that cre that it creates and like just using it as an exploratory kind of thing mm. was that um when the i guess the kind of vr painting uh programs came out did, did that change the look of your work drastically or was were you kind of already making uh graphics -y similar um, yeah. aesthetic works yeah. before that? yeah i was doing abstract stuff before um have been yeah making abstract work for a long time and kind of starting with yeah that just like painterly experimental mark making painterly mm. abstraction stuff and then um i guess i started bringing into like more of like public artwork and then with my um my previous exhibition that i did that was a lot of this similar kind of mark making thing but through projection and like ipad procreate drawing so it would be like using procreate to go over and over again and like make these little squiggles and like um intuitive marks um, until I found something that was nice and then projecting that up onto a wall to give it that and even like engaging with the like the distortion that you can get from a projector if you point it at the wrong angle mm, yeah and like using yeah just these kind of things so it was it was still like similar kind of shapes but then using it in 3d gives it a different a slightly different feeling yeah um, yeah yeah wow cool so I mean I guess you really are a uh, like a technology artist, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you've, you've become, at, at least in this show, it's a, like your multidisciplinary, uh, I don't know, your medium really is kind of just playing around with the latest technologies available to us. Yeah, I think, mm. yeah, just, just messing around, mm. really. I think it's, it's funny, some people have said, like, since I've been doing this stuff, or like since, since pandemic time, really, like that was when I was at home, yep. couldn't really get into the studio, just at home on the computer, and I was like locked in and taught myself these new programs and no, then you did it well some people yeah. just <laughs> just uh ordering red wine to, by uber eats every single night and then uh, <laughs> achieving very little uh definitely it wasn't me but yeah um, <laughs> sick i was often thinking like that's literally how the best way to do a pandemic is like just pick a skill learn that skill come out of it with a new skill yeah there's yeah. definitely a lot of laziness in there as well but yeah, I, yeah tried to make the most of it yeah awesome <clears throat> when um when this new ai technology came out like dali dali 2 um when was your first exposure to it and what were your first impressions um i've been kind of aware of it for a little while and like before dali 2 kind of came out i was thinking about a similar idea for this show using um like vqgan and like other 
like older, I guess older kind of um, image generation processes. Like I've got, um, yeah, kind of getting deep into Blender. I started learning on my MacBook and then kind of upgraded to a bigger PC and kind of having that power gave me the computing power to be able to play around with my own AI image generation stuff. Mm. So I had been messing with that a little bit beforehand um, and just kind of, yeah, more so looking at the way that it can just change, slightly change the aesthetic of images, like what the projection work here is. Mm. And then yeah. when DALI 2 came out, it was like so high fidelity and kind of like, it seemed to be a big leap forward mm. compared to what I'd been doing before. And also like a lot easier user interface than other other kinds of programs. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think mo like probably most people know about DALI and Midjourney and stuff, but just in case there are people out there listening that just don't really have any idea, um, like how, what is it, uh, <laughs> your best understanding of it, I suppose? Yeah, so I guess it, the simplest way is like a, a text-to-image generation AI. Mm. Like, it's the the kind of simplest usage of it is just image generation. So mm. you get a login, you go to the website, it's a text bar like a Google thing. You type in words of what you want it to generate and it creates an image of what you've told it to create. Mm. Um, and it's like trained, so it's a model that is frozen in time, like trained on an image set or a huge a huge set of images that it just filters through and looks at and yeah kind of like learns about and tries to understand and then yeah people describe it as a kid kid doing a drawing like a kid kind of like learning about the world mm, and then taking okay. that knowledge into their head and then being able to do a drawing yeah of a thing yeah, yeah. when Does that i make first sense or was that yeah a bit totally no it totally <laughs> makes sense um i mean, it, it totally makes sense to me because i know the program yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um like the first time i saw it was uh dali mini that kind of came out that was just With all like, the memes yeah exactly yeah. and like the funniest yeah what everyone starts making is just the most like you've got the most groundbreaking image making technology and people are just like Scott Morrison, DJ yeah. Boiler Room set, yeah. <laughs> which I was also guilty of doing that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. too. <laughs> but like that was pretty crude. But then I didn't realize it kind of came out at the same time as like Dali. And then it, from, from my perspective, it all just kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't really keeping my eye on the space. And uh, yeah, I had a night with a few other artists and someone had like really early access to Dali too. And it kind of broke my brain. Like I didn't mm. really... Um, it kind of surpassed what I thought was possible of artificial intelligence. Because I think there was always like a, people would always say that, you know, AI can get super, super smart, but it will never be able to make art. That was kind of something that I, I yeah. think people just used to say. And um, it's it's just proven that completely wrong. Like, I mean, you still need to put in words and, and uh, drive, you know, be a driving force behind it. But yeah, the high fidelity, like the high quality of these images are just some of them breathtaking, especially yeah. when you first see them. I, mean, I think now you can kind of tell what might be AI generated, but not always. Like they're really, the balance of light sourcing, um, composition, um, mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really incredible stuff. Yeah, I think that is the thing that I'm interested in. And I think that is the kind of scariest thing or the I guess what I'm interested in all of my work is this use of new media and the implications of new media mm. and that like this is a new medium and a new method of communication that has developed and what does that mean and it's like 
yeah, if you can't, like maybe you will be, maybe it will be used to trick people, which is what the whole like deep fakes scare is about. Yep. And then it's like, um, yeah, people becoming obsolete or like image makers or illustrators becoming obsolete because people aren't able to tell the difference between an AI generated image and an artist generated image. Mm. But it's like, you can, you can tell the difference if you know what to look for, but it's about people becoming, I guess, educated or fluent or um, building an understanding of this aesthetic language that the AI has inherent in it and that, yeah, kind of what that means. And I'm, yeah, very interested in that, mm. that kind of gap there. When, when it first came out, um, like I said, it kind of broke my brain. Like I kind of had a bit of a mix of feelings. One, I was just like, oh my God, think of the possibilities. You can really like, you can make so, do so many shortcuts, but then there's also a real kind of a fear of artificial integrity as well. You know, like it's, um, like you say, like graphics designers and I think digital artists, mm. I think are the ones most at threat. I don't think painters are in any real... Um, risk at this point if anything they've, they can benefit from it particularly like gestural painters really like thick applied paint there's just zero yeah. risk of any AI kind of encroaching on that space but um, yeah what were your feelings like at the start uh, it sounds like you're probably take, paying attention a lot more than I was though so it wasn't yeah. a big shock yeah I guess I guess it was it's pretty shocking like when anything takes that much of a leap forward for, like if you're not not yet, not deep in the research of it, and it becomes something, especially when it becomes something that is like consumer level available, and you're like, oh, I can actually do that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> now that's kind of, yeah, a bit of a big leap. Um, but yeah, I guess my th I was like more just like excited by the implicate, like being able to play around with it and see what is possible to make, or mm. like what new things are, it is possible to make. And I think in terms of become, like making things obsolete, I think all of that comes back to like, what is it, what's the purpose of what is it that you're making? Or like, mm. what is it that, what is at the core of the thing that you're making? Because like, if the job of the illustrator is to convey information in a simple way, then maybe Dali can do that. And that is something that becomes obsolete. But if it is the job of an illustrator to make something that is like, engaging and connects from one person to another and it's like an artist creating a connection through their work with a person then that is I think that kind of intangible magic little thing is not possible to replicate mm, yeah 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 I think you're probably right um so with your works like they're very abstracted forms um and you said you were dragging in like uh, examples that you were creating from VR. So are you using this technology probably not exactly how the average user would be jumping on? You're not just typing in long-winded uh, sentences or paragraphs. You're actually starting with an image. And what's the AI doing? Like what, what's yeah. it? Yeah, what, what's so the what, process? So I've taken an image of my painting, like my mm. abstract painting, or it was actually the, the kind of reference reference render of the 3D object. So it's right. basically a design for my painting, upload that to the AI and go generate variations is another tool, sure. another like tool that the DALI has. Hmm. So if you were to upload a picture of a, a dog in a party hat and go generate variations, it might make 
a Labrador in a red party hat and a Pomeranian in a blue party hat and like create different variations of what it interprets the image to be. Right. Um, so it's about, yeah, it's interesting to me because it, it's like looking at the image that you upload to it, trying to like understand it and comprehend it and be like, what is this thing? Right. And then create more of that thing. So I'm interested in like, what, what does it think of an abstract yeah, exactly. Yeah, a purely abstract image and what does it take out of that and what does it think what yeah, what does it think is the essence of this image, whether it is like if it will look at one of them and go, Okay, that's a one that's a single line going in a spiral or it will look at it and go, That's like circles or it will look at it and go, This is geometric square shapes or and kind of how that translates to what it thinks and it's kind of creates a different type of line quality and a different aesthetic and I kind of like that it um, the geometry on it isn't quite right so it will have like loops or circles that don't quite join up properly or things that are kind of would be impossible in real space or like um, yeah geometrically impossible mm. um, and the kind of things where it tries to replicate like a human movement or like a record of human movement but it doesn't quite get there mm. Do you have uh, interesting, like, does it kind of replicate pretty similar images straight up or do, do you have interesting results where it does try and turn things into, like, I mean, there, there's a kind of um, a circular spiralling um, uh, line work over there, but, you know, if you're trying to use your imagination, maybe it could be a slinky or something. Like, yeah. do you have any cases where it will try and actually put them into objects and like tangible sense sensible objects rather than abstracted forms not really i think because the input images that i'm giving it are all pretty clearly uh like 3d shapes in mm. just black empty space mm. so maybe if i gave it photos of the finished paintings it might see something different yeah um but for these ones it was just Sim like only looking at the the shape and form and line quality mm. of the things um and the kind of the types of images that these ones are a lot of it turned into like or you can kind of see see what the ai has been trained on with what kind of images and what it has in its its bank ready to go because it kind of sometimes it will tend towards what looks like pictures of atoms or like 3d renders mm. of like atoms with things flying around it and kind of you can see that it kind of looks like it's leaning towards like, oh, is this like a science or physics illustration or something like that? And it kind of brings that into it. Mm. Wow, it's, it's fascinating just to try and make sense of what, how much it knows, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and it seems to know a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. I, like, it seems to know a, a real, a, yeah, it's kind of, it, it is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically the whole, the whole internet yeah. is inside it or it has looked at the whole internet and you can, yeah draw from that it's mm. pretty wild wow it's um yeah i mean there's kind of one of the other things i was thinking about when it came out is i mean you could kind of apply it to anything like you could now just an average person with no real creative ability could start like i don't know a, a, a t-shirt printing company or a and just generate heaps of images or um, I don't know what else NFTs right like surely mm. you can just sell can you just sell them are they I mean you know? do, will people buy them oh, I don't know I mean I'm still like blown away that heart, what people spend so much money on NFTs and yeah. like these bored apes like people spend yeah. fucking crazy money on yeah. them yeah I think that comes into the discussion then of like what do you what do people want like what are people buying mm. these things for like are you buying an, an NFT are you buying an AI generated artwork 
because you like it or you feel a connection to it or because it evokes something in you or are you buying it mm. because it is a holder of value that yeah, you like think will make you more money? And yeah, 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 totally. And I guess that's another thing with, with AI is now I guess something like certain digital art did have a kind of scarcity uh, quality uh, you know, quality to it, and now that's kind of all gone. It, there's yeah. an abundance, right? So that definitely changes the dynamic of how people view images too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's just not not a factor. Yeah, it, it won't be a factor anymore of being like, yeah, rarity or scarcity, mm. and it, the value will have to come from elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, which I think is fine. Do you use the programs in, I guess, its uh, more traditional form as well? Like, do you? Uh, play around with with language and try and generate images or is it purely modifying uh, pre-existing things that you've worked on um i have played around with it a little bit with Mm. the like um yeah language generation and i've got some a couple other projects coming up that will be more leaning into that but this this show and this body of work is just on the um just the variation stuff Mm. cool yeah, I mean, these, these 10 pieces at the back look really, really awesome. Um, I'd love to know, yeah, exactly how much... I mean, yeah, can, actually, can you kind of walk me through maybe just one of them at random? Like, okay, this one right in the middle. So we've got abstract shapes that are like a big kind of... They're very, like, like big loops. They kind of look mm. three-dimensional. They've, um, two of these loops have got like a check, like a chessboard checkered pattern around them. Um, one of the shapes kind of has like a blurred landscape color palette of like black ground, blue sky, and then you've got a bit more geometric um, stuff. How much of that is your decision making and how much of that is just completely by chance? So the actual shape and the pieces is completely AI generated. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of completely by chance. And then all of the painting, color, aesthetic, texture decisions are me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of like a combination of both and then it becomes a, yeah the kind of push and pull wow um and this one actually i've like generated the the image with dali and then rebuilt it as a 3d model so they were based on 3d models generate a flat image with dali use that image to create a new 3d model of the new sculpture what dali thinks the sculpture is and that's what is in this yeah projection as well and then use that to create the kind of reference image for the reflections and the chromie and Mm. that kind of thing yeah so like let's kind of move on to this uh huge uh projection that you've got so i I take it you're still um so i I guess the projection is a combination of a lot of three-dimensional shapes that appear to be uh, created by you on programs and then there is also an ai interpretation quality to it can you explain how you've is that dali as well no so this is a different type of um ai this is uh disco diffusion it's called so there's oh, like i heard of that one yeah there's there's hundreds hundreds of like trained models that you can download and then right. people like yeah lots of people researchers just people like make different ai models that have different different trained data sets or like specialize in different things or can do all sorts of stuff um and this is yeah just another i think pretty popular one that people use for image generation and i've used that it has a in the program that i have it has a part of it where you can train your own models so i've pointed 
this AI, disco diffusion AI model at a folder of my artwork. So I just, just redid my website and conveniently had a folder of hundreds of images of my work and said, have a look at this. And it kind of just churns, like looking through the folder of my previous work for a few days and then comes out and it's got like a, that, it, that influences the aesthetic of what this model can generate. So is that its only data set that it's drawing from or is I, it still kind I of connected yeah, to the internet? I think it's, it's not connected to the internet. It's like a fully okay. offline model that you download, but I think it still uses this disco diffusion base model and then kind of weights my training into that, I think. Mm. I, haven't, I don't know heaps about it and I've just kind of... This was the last, the last thing that I made for the cool. show, so it was a bit of a late addition and haven't haven't fully explored it yet but that yeah that's kind of something that I'm interested in looking at next so what what exactly is going on with this projection thing and so and what which parts of the AI and what's your creations yeah so the projection is basically two videos laid on top of each other one of them is a render of a 3d scene that I made in blender like 3d software of all of the models that the paintings are based on so it's like 3d scene of this thing making a like um, yeah, just like a looping animation of all this stuff going on. And then I took that video and basically did a kind of like a style transfer thing or a little bit of a morph on it. So it's like take each of the frames, it looks at each of the frames of the video. So it will look at the, a video frame one by one and I fed it. I don't know, I fed it a text prompt of like a, a machine with complex mechanical parts or something like that. Mm. And then it takes the image of the frame and tries to basically iterate and turn it into the text prompt that I gave it. So mm. it it's yeah, kind of slowly morphing it into this AI generated image. Um, and then that takes a bit of uh, like tweaking and tuning to get it to remain looking like the original image enough but kind of be changed enough to look interesting so and that comes out as another video that has this weird like ai semi blurry kind of sometimes um sometimes sharp aesthetic to it and that is layered on top of the the original blender video and then that is you can kind of see both of them by interacting with the space of the gallery and there's an overhead camera looking at you and it can kind of track track where you are in the space and affects the projection accordingly. Man, there's a lot there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> it's been a, a lot a lot yeah, a lot of a lot of tools, a lot of a lot of learning trying to squish it all into the one place. So that la that last bit that you just kind of mentioned, there's you've you've just as I arrived at the gallery, you're just doing all the final uh, finishing touches of install, I guess, and you've just kind of masked up a big uh, kind of grid with tape with a camera above and so that camera tracks people and then affects the projection according to where people are standing on that grid yeah how do you like conceive of that is that just a when you're kind of planning for this show and you're playing with these technologies is is the is it an all just an unfolding as you get more comfortable or did you kind of have a vision um of uh, what, what, how you wanted this interactive piece to be at the start? Um, a little bit of both. So the interactive piece started as a sound piece, um, as a collaboration with uh, Motez, who's a producer, producer DJ from Adelaide, 
Um, and yeah, it started as a sound piece of being like, what if we could have a soundscape and it could be controlled by sculptures that you move around in the space? And then that was the kind of idea and then thinking about ways to do that with the technology that we have access to and kind of figuring that out and how to do that with this stuff. So that ended up being the yeah, camera looking overhead and that tracks where sculptures are in the space and moving the sculptures into different areas of the camera's view will trigger different actions. And then it kind of having that set up it was a late addition to make this the the changing two-layer video. So it was like, I've got the camera here already. It's already taking this camera input information. How can I integrate that into the video projected work to just give it an extra layer of something? Mm. And that was, yeah. Have you kind, kind of, of still got that going on with the sound piece? I haven't heard that yet. So at different positions of these uh, sculptures, the sound will change. Yeah. Is that kind of like, I'm not uh, a musician at all, but is that kind of like... Uh, shows how basic my understanding is, but like, like a synth synthesizer when you're kind of pulling out different chords and popping them in different other like <laughs> holes, and it completely changes the sound. Is that just kind of like a three D uh, version of that in a way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my musical knowledge is pretty limited as well. Right. I just know yeah. how to, I've just made the made the buttons to push. Yeah, but it's basically nine nine buttons that you can push in the space, and they do different things so it's like sending a signal to Ableton which is the music software that runs the sound and each of the yeah each of the buttons turns something off and on it might be like change the sound of something Mm. add a filter to something wow far out that's uh that's really that's really cool that's really um so I guess like what's the kind of under underlining idea behind uh that's driving this show is it kind of like um is it just a way of really mixing the digital artificial intelligence world with human like movement action and, and the, the, the physical world? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's part of it. I think the, yeah, I guess the underlying idea of like all of my work is, is that, but applied to everything about this idea of, um, yeah, I talk about it in the essay as kind of like, previously established dichotomies of like ideas that might traditionally you would think as being separate things but they're actually the same like it's actually both things at once or like this idea of oscillation of objects that occupy like opposing states simultaneously so it's like this painting is it a painting is it a sculpture or is it both at the same time is Mm. it physical or is it digital did I make it did a machine make it does it matter if there's a difference? Is there a difference? Mm. What does it mean if I made it and a machine made it at the same time and that kind of crossover and becoming one thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, just what you were saying then about, you know, machine made it or a person made it. Made it doesn't matter. It just um, reminded me, I listened to Triple J Hack just the other day, which are on the off chance, and I had a... Uh, they were talking about an art prize in America was just won by someone submitting an artificial in- uh, artificial generated intelligence generated image, and yeah, it was starting a whole debate of um, is that ethical? It was a really small art prize. It was like yeah. a few hundred dollars. It wasn't a major art prize, but um, you know, it does uh, it does totally open up these uh, 
not ethical, but I guess kind of ethical <laughs> questions of of um, of yeah, awarding things for, for that. It, it's it's it's, mm. it's an inter- it's an interesting time, I think. Mm. And there's there's a lot of different things to kind of think about, and um, yeah, is the computer making it or is it literally just a tool? I think I said just before we started. Um, you know, when you look at these AI-generated images and they're um, they're so sophisticated. But I ma- imagine when people first started doing uh, like digital collage and Photoshop mm. and just getting scanning in a whole bunch of other people's works or photos or images, chopping them up and then using that as a basic. I'm sure everyone thought that was cheating at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think for me, it's a it, yeah, it's a really good illustration of the idea of um, just general introduction of new media and new new methods of communication and what that will do and yeah the idea of like is this changing everything well, like what does this mean and I think what I'm landing at and I think what a lot of new media has done is like it might not change things or it might not make artists completely obsolete but I think it accelerates certain aspects of things and it will be long term it will be about what that acceleration does and what things will be changed whether it's like I don't know, people generating mood board images or graphic mm. designers using it for certain, like, whatever and, like, what, making things faster and making things exponentially faster and faster and faster and how does that change things in the long term beyond what is, like, beyond what would be recognisable today. Yeah. Like, I think about, um, yeah, an interesting one to me is, like, the internet is invented or, like, the internet comes about as a new media and what do people use it for is, like okay I can send words to a person it's like mail I can send an email and that's like just taking what you already have and applying it and using that new media to do the exact same tool to Mm. do the exact same job but then how that accelerates over time and over time and over time and just like imagine showing someone who sent the first email TikTok (laughs) and what that would look like to them it would just be like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah wow i mean god like when this first came out it like i said it broke my brain i just didn't think it would get this advanced yeah so quickly but then it kind of just you can just let your imagination run wild about the future of it and like you say just the faster and faster acceleration like so a lot of this ai stuff is just generating 2d images but I'm sure it's a matter of time before it starts making three-dimensional images on a computer. Yeah, and then, there's ones that do that already. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, then, but then you also just think about how many other uh, advancements have come. Like now you know, 3D printing came out like, what, 10 years ago, maybe more. Mm. So type in a sentence and then generate a three-dimensional image and then send that to the 3D printer. Like, uh, who, like who knows what, what, yeah. what the future of it could really be? be um yeah do you you keep an eye on this kind of the space a fair bit you seem to know of a lot more of these programs than i've ever even heard of do you know kind of the direction that it's going at the moment i haven't yeah i I have no idea and Mm. i think that is what's exciting to me is like that's that's the point is that Mm. no one can say and it's like yeah it is kind of incomprehensible and it's impossible to predict what new media will create or what new media will make possible in the long term um but yeah i don't know i think it is just that yeah acceleration 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 and things being similar to what they were or similar to what we know now but 
kind of unrecognizable as well. Yeah. yeah. Should we be scared? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. It's kind of a I bit th- scary if you really like let your imagination go go wild. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's just scary in the way that any any use of any tool is scary when used the wrong way. Like yep. everything is scary if you think about it long enough or yep. if it's used used in the wrong ways or for the wrong purposes, mm. which is like the whole the whole automation thing being like yeah, people being put out of a job, people being losing work and it's like these new technologies are great and they're crazy and they're powerful and they could be used for really good things and there's huge potential for them to do amazing things or there's also huge potential for them to be used to make more money for the people who own them and exploit the people who don't own them more yeah. and more, yeah. which that is the scary part to me. And yeah. I think how likely that is, is pretty scary. I'm sure there's sentence, like language, gener- like language generating sentences. So you could really, you actually probably could set this all to automatic on like a, uh, a talking uh, program that can just, decide on sentences time um partnered up with the dali partnered up with the 3d partnered up yeah. with the printing yeah and you actually could combine it all into just a bundle see yeah. what, where that could completely go do, do you have any idea of um there's any ai technology working on music is music yeah there's heaps heaps are songs being able to be made yeah really? yeah actual yeah. listenable music yeah you know? yeah i think my understanding is it's like more suited to certain types of things like if you want ambient jazz or like background piano music that is it's suited to certain styles like similar to Dali I guess where it's suited Mm. to like digital illustration is kind of easily replicable Mm. but other things aren't so much so yeah I think different applications for different types of things but yeah that's the whole thing of like um, yeah I don't know did you say that FN Mecca pretty funny this like AI rapper it was a big controversy I haven't heard recently uh, it was it was a whole thing of like these people, this company putting out this artificial intelligence wrapper as like a um, avatar and putting out music, and it was just kind of made by a company, but then it turned into a lot of like racist stereotypes. And <laughs> it always goes racist. Yeah, yeah. It was no good. No <laughs> good. No good. <laughs> well, what happened? It was making racist raps. Oh, it was pretty bad. It was like they it, they signed. It got signed to Columbia, Columbia okay. Records, and then all this stuff came up about like they've make storylines for it because it's like a character mm. just that lives out these storylines through its the Instagram, and it's like getting arrested and like beat up by police, and people are like, oh, oh, is this something right. that right, right, <laughs> and not right. real? Is this just like the worst parts of yeah, yeah just like real racist stereotype stuff. Well, I guess, like, if it's using the internet as any gauge, like, the internet is so much... Is it more extreme than people in general? Maybe it's not. I mean, maybe... Is the internet an accurate representation of people? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think people are more extreme online. But I think that is what I think about a lot in the work as well, is, like, what... Yeah, just being aware of how media distorts mm. communications and... Th- being aware that yeah you are talking to people on the internet it's not like talking to people in real life it's different and being conscious of the ways in which it is different and taking that into consideration yeah and thinking critically about that and what that means and Mm. yeah just like anything yep yeah (laughs) wow uh it's yeah really it's really exciting to see um active artists 
just so quickly adapting this like like yourself and um creating really exciting work with it um are you when, when you're making a body of work do you really kind of think about just the body of work and i mean now that the body of work is done everything's hung are you kind of uh gonna have a bit of a break or, or do you kind of keep constantly thinking are you already thinking about where the technology or or, or your direction is is next um yeah where, where's your head where's your head at with it with your art practice i think a break is nice yeah it would be nice to have a break pretty keen for a little break mm. um it also kind of depends depends a lot on like other projects that i've got going on like i do a lot of other yeah like commercial projects and collaborations with people and like public artwork and stuff like that so these kind of things are always like juggling 10 projects yeah, at man, once totally um but yeah i think i yeah it's not like i'm i'm sick of it and bored with it and over it i like i'm always keen to keep this continuation going and like keep pushing things like this like training my own models is like a very new thing so i feel like i'm definitely going to keep keep exploring that and yeah just kind of keep keep looking at stuff and keep going are you applying these ideas to your like mural artwork for example yeah yeah yeah. i think it's nice something that i find is nice working across so much different media is how it all feeds into each other so Mm. it's like yeah just kind of juggling all these things and then they feel like separate projects but then they all kind of bleed into each other um and yeah it all it all feeds into each other i find do you know any other artists that are making, you know, like exhibiting or, or making interesting work uh, playing around with this technology as well? Uh, yeah, there's heaps. Um, a big one that I really love, I actually listened to your, re-listened to your interview with Sam Leach. Oh, yes. Yesterday yeah. while I was painting. Yeah, the, Sam's, yeah, Sam's so great. great. So yeah. great. Yeah, um, he's, he's yeah. like, uh, I'm absolutely such a big fan of his work. But, you know, he really was doing this kind of stuff before. Years ago, yeah. yeah before Dali or um, or any of these uh, new programs came up, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's really, I'd, I'd love to talk to him again, just uh, just in general mm. about, about the direction, if this affects his artwork or not, because... Um, yeah, I mean, he, he also did this other fantastic program, it's, uh, this piece where he... It's just a camera with a, with a screen, so you walk past the camera, you can see yourself on it, but it basically turned the camera into an AI device that would be a polar bear. So it just, it's just like a really binary way of thinking of, are you a mate? Can it mate with you? Or <laughs> does, does it want to eat you? So just above your head, it'll either say like mate or food. Uh-huh. And it'll just kind of identify everything in the room as either like a mate or food or something. It's, it's re- really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I know, it's super, super cool stuff. All very above my head. But yeah. yeah, so wild, so <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, and it's so crazy. Yeah, I guess like he was saying as well, like a lot of his work where it's collaborations with scientists and researchers. Mm. Um, I've just been slowly working on a project where we're collaborating with the Australian Institute of Machine Learning cool. for a public artwork um, and just kind of hearing little bits and pieces about what they're working on there of like this crazy like top dog in the world of like Machine Learning Research Institute and just things that they're developing and making and you like can we can we have a look at that like mm. <laughs> how do we use that like what does this mean or like okay yeah and it's like kind of being aware of what is yeah what is going on at that level and yeah I guess looking forward to 
hopefully find ways to yeah integrate that into work or like access that in a way that it's not annoying some busy researcher <laughs> right <laughs> and yep. taking too much time and yeah figuring out ways to play around with that stuff in a fun way mm. yeah yeah wow it's um I, I wonder if this like also just the the type of people that are um going to be interested in art i'm sure like nfts did that with the whole crypt all these crypto bros and everything being all of a sudden really into art uh, which i mean are never... they into art though <laughs> or are they into making money <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> um but even even yeah with like uh just the I don't know, people really curious about technology. Uh, yeah. Now going to be... Also, just the amount of people that can now be creative when they've always thought that there's not a creative bone in their body. I think that's yeah. a really exciting thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a huge thing of like... Yeah, tools becoming more and more easy to use and it's like, yeah, you can use it, you can make something. Like, there's less and less mm. stopping you from being able to make things and everyone is capable of creative thinking and it's just how you apply that yeah yeah mm. yeah um you're from adelaide what's the adelaide um art scene like yeah it's sick it's, yeah yeah awesome. really nice it's like i always say it's kind of big enough to survive like i kind mm. of live as a full-time artist which is really nice Great. fantastic and then yeah small enough to also like know know everyone and everyone's kind of yeah very connected and friendly and it's nice yeah nice one yeah have you been living as a full-time artist for a while now yeah officially like I kind of worked for myself I had a clothing label and a retail store kind of out of uni I studied painting graduated in 2013 Mm. and so I've kind of worked for myself since then but been full-time just art art since the start of 2018 that's awesome yeah Yeah, that's that's fantastic that's dreams come true right there yeah yeah yeah, very happy so Very you're in, lucky. into fashion as well, or was it more just art prints and things? Uh, it was kind of like streetwear, like my own, like illustrating and screen printing mm. t-shirts that started out and then, yeah, making making all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. sick. Awesome. Um, this background noise is getting pretty hectic. So. <laughs> Be loud in the headphones. <laughs> totally. But, um, dude, How long like, are we at? Uh, yeah, we're at like 50 minutes. But all yeah, right. let's, um, let's wrap it up, dude. It's like so awesome to see this uh, awesome body of work. Um, the show opens this Friday? Friday, Friday, yes. cool, which is the, uh, the 23rd. 23rd, up until um, October the 9th. Cool, awesome. Yeah. So get down to Backwoods. Um, how do people also just like, oh yeah, we did your Instagram at the start or website. How do people find you? Yeah, dave.court, uh, davecourt.art is cool. the website. Sick. A new website. Awesome. Pretty happy with that. Nice, yeah. nice. Check it out. No, thanks so much. Thanks for coming out. No, not, not at all, man. Awesome to meet yeah. you too. Yeah. yeah. Really exciting to, um, yeah, it's actually really inspiring just to start thinking thinking differently about um, methods towards uh, art making. Sick. It's cool. Sick. Yeah. Awesome, man. Take Thank care. you. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya.